Burlesque Stripped Down, episode number 62. Welcome back, friends and lovers. This is Velvet Eau Claire, as always, your guide through all of the secrets, whether they're saucy secrets, sexy secrets, not-so-sexy secrets, some foxy secrets, yeah, those two of us, the folks behind the tassel. Thank you so much for pressing play today, whether you are a brand new listener or if you've been with us a while, I so appreciate you taking the time to listen to my words and the words of my amazing guests. Today, speaking of guests, I have Foxy Tan, who I am super excited to chat about. She comes to us out of the Twin Titties, (laughs) a.k.a. Minneapolis-St. Paul area, which is very close to my hometown. So, you know, we're we're two girls after the same heart in that Midwestern area there. So uh, I have a great interview coming up. So I'm super excited to have you here today. Before we get started, a couple announcements. Don't forget, if you are enjoying the show, there's a few things that you can do to support the show. If you would like to throw a buck or two every time a new episode's released or every month, you can do that over at burlesquestripdown.com slash support. That'll take you directly to our Patreon. Patreon page where you can just kind of support the show um, just, you know, with, like I said, a buck or two a month. I mean, that's all, you know, that that kind of stuff adds up. It helps us pay for our hosting, um, for some new, better equipment and things like that. So you can definitely do that if you would like to support with more of your time as opposed to financially. If you are interested in joining the posse, whether as a team member, full-fledged, or just as an ambassador, kind of charged with spreading the word of Burlesque Strip Down, you can do that over at burlesquestripdown.com slash join the posse. And that'll give you a couple different questions to fill out so that I can get in touch with you and talk about what what you might like to contribute. Of course, I always appreciate um, when you just, you know, share these episodes with your friends, uh, your friends, your lovers, your colleagues, your students, your teachers, everybody out there who might be interested, whether they're in their burlesque world or just interested in it. Definitely share these episodes with them so that we can increase our listenership. (laughs) You can also help out with that by subscribing over in iTunes. If you're not already subscribed, either in iTunes or in whatever podcast player you use. Personally, I like Player FM. Um, And I know that like, well, iTunes, I guess, is changing to Apple Podcasts. I know Google Play now has podcasts and we're in there as well. So whatever you use to listen to podcasts, you can subscribe to us to make sure that you always get the new episodes whenever they come out. If you're not a podcast, podcast person, first of all, you should be because it's friggin' amazing. And second of all, there's also some other ways that you can um, get you can get these episodes all the time. You can subscribe with an RSS catcher that publishes every time or that, that'll add my posts to your feed. Um, I'm That's not really a thing I do, but I know it's possible. <laughs> um, but you can also, if you're a YouTube person, we have a YouTube channel. Um, I don't put up a lot of video videos, but we have all of the audio from these episodes goes over and goes in on YouTube that you can just listen to in the background. You don't even have to watch it. So subscribe over there. Um, and you can also just keep up with, make sure that you've liked the page on Facebook because I do post all my new episodes on Facebook um, and Instagram and all the places as well. So Facebook is Burlesque Strip Down. Instagram and Twitter are Velvet Eau Claire. So those are the main big things. Of course, if you would like to support the show and get some free shit along the way, you can either do that over on our Patreon page or this episode is actually brought to you by our friends at Audible. Now, I love Audible. You can actually get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial if you go to audibletrial.com slash burlesque strip down. So if you haven't been listening to audiobooks, um, what have you been doing with your life? Because it makes things so much better. I definitely like listening to music in the car, but if I can turn on either an audiobook or a podcast episode, it's just freaking amazing because it makes the time go by so much faster when I'm driving or if you're commuting on the subway or whatever you're doing. So Audible's amazing. They've got over 180,000 titles that you can choose from. You've got your iPhone, your Kindle, your Android, your MP3 player. They're everywhere. It's pretty great. So um, definitely thank you to Audible. And if you're interested in supporting the show, that's a great way to do it and get yourself 30-day free trial at the same time. All right, now that we got those announcements out of the way, let's jump in. Let me tell you a little bit about Foxy Tan. Foxy is the Twin Titties premier event MC, known as the boss of burlesque. She has traveled all over the country, bringing audiences that certain brand abroad that is hard to forget. Loud, a little bit raunchy, and always over the top, she is definitely hard to forget. She's an MC, a pr- performer, producer, writer, director, and educator in both burlesque and theater. The Fox has been at it for over a decade, and she brings you some of the best live performances out there. Ugh. This is a, such a great episode. We get into a lot of deep things. Not only do we geek out, of course, about Minneapolis, and really the amazing, if you've never been to Minneapolis, they have a great art art industry there, um, and apparently a thriving burlesque scene that I did not know about. So all of that, we get into some things 
things about, you know, hobbyists versus professionals and how there really shouldn't be verses, but there's that, about making a living as a performer and the idea of a starving artist. We get into all sorts of stuff. We talk about feminism. We talk about the new Wonder Woman movie. Um, as a little warning for you, it may be a little controversial, our opinions on the new Wonder Woman movie, but we get into all of that stuff in this interview. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into my interview with Foxy Tan. Yes, that's right, my friends. I have, and I'm so excited to talk to Foxy Tan with me today. How are you doing, Foxy? I am doing excellent. How are you? Oh, I'm doing very well, you know. I mean, I'm in Florida, so it's hot as balls. But, you know, such is life. (laughs) Oh, Florida. (laughs) And then where are you coming to us from? Minneapolis, Minnesota, what I like to call the Twin Titties. Love it, the Twin Titties. I actually, it's so funny. We, we're like we're like soul sisters or something, because I actually grew up, I was born and raised in Eau Claire. So oh just, my across, gosh. just across the border. Uh, for those of you who don't know, that's technically in Wisconsin, but it's about like an hour away um, from the border. So I went to the Twin Cities a lot. The gay 90s was when my 18th birthday Aww. was spent there and all that good stuff. So Cute. Yeah, good memories. But how are you? And tell me a little bit more. I mean, we heard up a little bit about your bio kind of you know we know that you're in in the twin titties and all that but tell me a little bit about the you know the the real foxy who is the real human being underneath there (laughs) oh what does that mean (laughs) i'm like the real human being oh very interesting i you know i am just a stripper out of minneapolis i'm a good midwestern girl yes just trying to make a dollar that's all (laughs) We all got to make a living. <laughs> we all got to make a Somebody's got to do it, and it might as well be me. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. So you've been in the industry a while, right? Yeah, I've been, um, well, I, I'm a, I've been a performer performing professionally since I was 16. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I had no idea that burlesque even existed in that day and age. You know, I was going to be doing Shakespeare. That right. was my plan. Right. <laughs> you know, I wanted to be in theater. Yes. Be taken seriously as an artiste. And I found drag and then I found burlesque and I was like, well, looky there. That seems like something I can do. Yes. How old were you when you found burlesque? Uh, I was in my early 30s. Yeah, I was like, I would say 2002 or three is about when I think that's when I saw my first show. And it's really funny because Ophelia Flame was at that show. You know, there was a whole bunch of people that saw this particular show in Minneapolis that led to all of us doing burlesque. Really? Oh, that's yeah. Funny. And we didn't and we didn't know each other at all at the time. I mean, and we didn't know that we were all at the same show until like a decade later. Oh my gosh, that's crazy! It was just one Isn't of those. Nice, it must have been in the air, something in the air. <laughs> well, it was Catherine. Well, it was. We were all there for different reasons. I was there because I had a friend that was doing uh, circus work in a tour with Catherine Delitch and Devotchka. Like it was a Devotchka tour. It had nothing to do with the burlesque, but for for some reason, Catherine fucking Delish was there, and I was like, "What the fuck is that?" You know, she did her spider web act and everything. Yes. I was like, "Holy shit!" And then I realized somebody's getting paid to do that. And off we went. (laughs) And it was all uphill from there. It's true. And it is a constant uphill battle. Well, that's true. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's uphill in the sense that it gets better. But it's also, yeah, I imagine it's been a battle, especially coming through. I mean, how is the scene in Minneapolis? You know, it's not one that we think of as a bustling scene, you know, but well, there's there's actually quite a bit going on here. I mean, it's like always been or has that come up about more? um, I would say that there's been, you know, groups, troops, shows come and go, venues come and go. But there's always been at least three monthlies. Oh, cool. A minimum of that. And now we have we have a weekly at that's actually, you know, which is really nice. There's a weekly going on now. So, yeah, it's a pretty good scene. I think our quality is really high here. I mean, the people that come out of here are pretty exceptional. I mean, we, you know, consistently are represented at Behoff really well. I mean, we always have one or two people that are in the queen competition. You know what I mean? So it's like the quality that comes out of here, I think, is higher than some places. Yeah. Well, it's a really, I know, I mean, the Twin Cities in general are, you know, especially now that I've moved away and I've seen, you know, scenes, I've seen the scenes in other places, not just burlesque, but just in the arts in general. I mean, Mm -hmm. the Twin Cities are a great place for the arts. 
Oh, yeah, they absolutely. Really are. That's why I'm here. So do you think that is there a particular reason? Do you guys have like a lot of schools in, in Minneapolis that help uh, kind of create these amazing performers? Or is it just, again, something in the water? No, it's not something in the water. I think it's the <laughs> fact. Well, no, I really honestly think that because there is such a high level of just arts like the art quality in Minneapolis is really high I know nobody believes that they think what could possibly be happening in Minnesota but like you well you know how it is you're from Wisconsin yeah it's like we're in flyover country so nobody thinks anything happens here but it's like I think it's the quality just in general of like the arts that are here like gives us access to better choreographers costumers like the entire um range of people are here to help make it better we've got really nice venues compared to everywhere else you know that are actually staffed with people that know what they're doing oh that would be nice (laughs) isn't that nice you know it's like we're really spoiled here it's really funny like we go out of town and we're like oh what's going on what do you (laughs) mean i have to dress in a bathroom (laughs) you know (laughs) so we're all completely spoiled no i just think that it started off with uh, Minneapolis was lucky with the first, you know, few people who started in the burlesque scene and they happened to be really good. And there was a standard set very early. And I, I think it's great because, you know, our girls really do strive for quality, you know, and not just it's not just a, a book club. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not community definitely. theater. How is the, um, as far as like the diversity of the scene there, are there a lot of different like sub-segments of burlesque or did they all kind of, um, does it kind of fall into a similar category or? No, everything's different. We got a lot of nerd leskers. Awesome. We've got a, like a lot of nerd leskers. We have a lot of nerd leskers, a lot of neo, a bunch of, this isn't such a classic town. I mean, we do like some of the people that come out of here, like Ophelia Flame and Electric Cute and Gina Louise, they're really classic and really good at it. And they kind of like, you know, feed that segment of the community. And then there's like more people that are like more Neo, more like, you know, in my genre, more character based. And then we got a bunch of people that do like, um, there's a great show that, that they're producing at the Mounds Theater. Uh, it's all, all Weird Al. Oh, so cool. <laughs> and, uh, Pickles Kintaro is doing it. And it's like, that's such a wonderful show. That's great. <laughs> I love it. You don't see that everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's not all class. I mean, yeah, it is pretty diverse. It is, well, I mean, in terms of, you know, burlesque. Right. Not a lot of folk of color up here. Ah, yeah, there is that. I I, I mean, <laughs> I do remember yeah. that even just about growing up, in, you know, just mm-hmm. in general. Yeah, yeah, that's that's one thing that the Midwest doesn't always have as well. But <laughs> it's true. Have you found it's been difficult? Because, I mean, as a woman of color yourself, are you, have you found it's been difficult to make a name for yourself in the scene? Or has it? No. Uh-uh. Good. 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 That's what I like to hear. <laughs> well, I mean, my whole thing, it's like people didn't do, like when I came onto the scene, they weren't doing what I did. So I was, I was lucky. Well, I was also super lucky that I came onto the scene when I came onto the scene. It was so little then. I mean, it was 06 was the year, the first year, it was the first year that Behoff was in Vegas, was the first year that I went to Behoff. And it was just like, there was, it, it feel compared to now, it feels like there were 50 people there. Wow. It was crazy. Well, the Sunday night show basically was a shit show. That's what it used to be. It was like everybody, it was whoever wanted to. <laughs> Raise your hand, come on stage. No, seriously, oh, that's how it was. Well, they were trying to get people to stick around for Sunday show. That's why everybody used to leave on Sunday. So that's why they made it that, well, that's why they made it the whole, you know, all stars or whatever. So I think that's very interesting, but it's changed a lot. You know, it's like, first of all, it's like there weren't that many people. There were like five festivals. That was it. You know, I mean, and there was nobody was making a living at it or anything. And it's amazing what a decade will do. It is. It is. Do you think it's overall, I mean, are, are you happy with the changes that you've seen? Or do you kind of miss that kind of smaller um, industry mentality a little bit? Yes. Yep. To both of those questions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I kind of had a feeling as I was asking. <laughs> but it's amazing. I think, I think what's really amazing is like the attitude change towards burlesque like in the mainstream burlesque it's like thank you Cher Cher said it was okay it was horrifying but it's true well it's, it's true yeah the amount of you know suddenly it's it's all mainstream you know when I say I do burlesque people generally they think they know what I'm talking about they don't always know <laughs> but they well, think yeah, they I know mean, people aren't some people are hiding their you know burlesque identities but not like before it's it's very interesting 
but I'm happy with where it's going. I mean, it's like, I can't believe I'm basically making a living at it. Yeah, that's what, that's another thing, too. I was going to ask you specifically a kind of about your, quote, journey, I guess, or whatever, as far as, like, how the scene has changed for you. I mean, you do, are you a performer full-time now? Yeah, absolutely. Gosh. Well, I mean, I do other stuff, though. You know, I mean, yes, I am performing full-time, but I also, you know, work on historical backdrops for the Masons. Well, that's cool, Do you know too. what I mean? Yeah, I yeah. also build curtains, you know, for theaters around towns. I do upholstery, you know, then I also do... You know, I MC stuff. I do voiceover work. You know, it's like I do. It's all like it's all part of the pie, but it's all creative. I don't have to set an alarm to get up in the morning. I just get up when I get up. I go to the studio when I want to go to the studio. So that's the important part of my life is that I have control over exactly what I do when I do it for the most part. Hell yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean, people talk a lot about this idea of the starving artist, right? Which definitely exists. It's definitely hard. But if you have the kind of mentality, I like to call it like a multi-potentialite or multi-passionate or whatever, you can kind of cobble together um, livings that way. Me, I do it in the in the realms of both art and in education because I'm also like a bit of a teacher, but not like a you know school teacher or whatever. So I do tutoring and I do mad science and I do some other things and kind of cobble it together. It's definitely harder. But I, you know, I've read some articles that like freelance is the way it's the future anyway so who knows oh well yeah because it's easier for corporations do you know what i mean it's yeah. like it makes sense that's why they like contract workers they don't have to pay for any of our fucking insurance exactly yeah, but, it's easier oh, for them. don't even get me started on the politics of it all but it is a really interesting way to make a living you know it's like and not everybody can do it not a lot of people can deal with the insecurity of it because it's like i mean i literally don't know where my money's coming from but hey hey it allowed me to buy a house. But good for you being able to, you know, being able to make that living that way. A lot of people, yeah, like you said, the insecurity um, gets gets to people. It's hard to do. It's not easy, especially when we grew up. I mean, I, like my, you know, my mom, my grandparents, everybody. I mean, they had the same job or at least in the oh, same yeah. industry for like 40 years, you know. And then you look at people, you know, of like the newer generations and it's just changing mentalities are changing i think so i think we were we saw the first wave of uh, oh you're not going to get to work at the same job for your entire life and have a pension yeah absolutely yeah it's interesting i mean a lot of people are uh it's really funny when i go have my taxes done and stuff like that and like my accountant is like how do you fucking live right yeah (laughs) yeah and i'm like I live pretty well, actually. (laughs) Yeah. Or it seems to me, (laughs) I don't know, maybe I have low standards. I don't know. (laughs) No, my accountant was so confused because I was like, okay, so I have this project and then I also have this project and then I have this and I, you know, and all these things. She's like, we're going to have to do like four Schedule Cs. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like, well, you know, that's the thing. So, but it's interesting how, and we can, you know, we can go back to burlesque uh, (laughs) soon as well. But But this is um, burlesque. Yeah, this is our life, right? It's exactly. Because it's not just about looking glittery and pretty on stage we have to figure out how we can support ourselves doing this if if we want to do it that way if yeah see and that's that's a good point that's a good point yeah and it's interesting because there's a quote-unquote divide in burlesque and i don't i don't really consider a divide i just i'm you know lacking a better word right now but like what i would consider and people are going to get really fucking mad because i'm going to say the word hobbyist and then there are people that are actually trying to do this as, you know, an art form and a living. Now, there's this whole idea that it shouldn't matter if you get paid, if you're doing your quote-unquote art or your quote-unquote passion project, which I think is horseshit. Mm -hmm. But there is a mentality, you know, out there of that. And then the other, you know, there's a whole bunch of people out there that are doing burlesque for completely different reasons than I want to make a living at this. Absolutely. You know, I mean, there's a lot of therapy going on out there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. And and I don't think that any of that is bad. And it's not bad exactly. to be a hobbyist. You know, I agree. I totally agree. Because I mean, these are quite honestly, those are the people that are employing the rest of us. Yeah. Hell yeah. Because they, these are the people that love burlesque so much that they decided we have to have a festival in Idaho. <laughs> 
Yay. You know I know, what I mean? Right. No, and now we true. get to go to Idaho. It's true. It's true. And like even myself, I guess when I mean, when I look at like burlesque itself, as far as performing, I am probably more of a hobbyist when it comes to performing because I, I would say I would say I'm a professional. I would say I'm a professional like performer in various ways. Right. But as far as when it comes to burlesque itself, if I had to define it that way, but I'm working to make a living in you know, in both performing and the adjacent stuff and everything that we need to, which is, well, to be honest, that's what probably what most performers do because it's hard to make a full-time living just performing, right? Oh, I don't really <laughs> honestly think there's anybody that does. Right. Yeah. You look at not that. really. Not if you, if you get super technical about it, you know, because they're all teaching. They're all selling merch. Everybody's selling merch. Everybody's teaching. Everybody's on the hustle. Mm-hmm. That's true. We all kind of cobble it together. But but you're right. There is kind of there is this idea of hobbyist. And I've said that before on my show, too. And like, it's not a bad word. I feel like it's gotten a bad rap, but it's not a bad thing. We can be hobbyists and that's OK. It doesn't make us less talented necessarily. It doesn't make us less, exactly. you know, it doesn't make anybody less of something. However, I do agree with you that. Um, they should not, uh, any hobbyists should not accept less pay and just be okay with doing it for free. Well, I think it's a, yes, I agree with that. And I don't know, the whole pay thing is really difficult. Mm-hmm. It is. You know, because it it's, it's like everything's different. Every, you know, it's different places. You know, certain places have other standards. You know, it's like, it's very interesting. But, you know, I think as long as somebody's getting something. Right, right. <laughs> and if they're okay with it. Then who cares? Exactly. I'm I'm actually producing a show in Gainesville next month, and it's part of a, a first year festival called Gut Fest, um, the Gainesville Underground Theater Festival. And like they are not, you know, they're not paying any of the performers because all of their money is going back to the festival because it's their first year and it's a nonprofit and all of this kind of stuff. And I was like, you know what? I'm okay with that. We're going to collect tips and we'll see how that goes. <laughs> you know, right. but I'm okay with that. But when I've approached performers about it, I was like, here's the deal. If you don't want to do it, I totally understand. You know? Yep. And if you, yeah, if you support, if you support it, you decide whether you're going to do it or exactly, not. Exactly. Exactly. So there is that, you know, I, I don't agree with people who are always like, you should, you always need to get paid every time because sometimes there are, you know, I mean, of course, things like charities or even again, in this particular situation, I support these kind of underground things and I want to make sure that they, they get to make their money back and everything. So absolutely. I mean, and actually, quite honestly, we're lucky in burlesque. I mean, how many theater companies do you see out there? People put months of work. And all there, and then nobody gets paid. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I started off at theater. Mm-hmm, you know? Me too. It's like yeah. I was making two hundred dollars a week. That's, I mean, that's where there's a whole bunch of hobbyists. Even if they would be professionals, or they they would like to be professional, or they have professional quality. You know, it's it's hobbyists because it. And then, of course, now who knows with all these cuts to the budget, we're gonna lose oh even God. more of our funding. Yay! Oh my God! <laughs> but you know, it's like part of the reason that I was really drawn to like the dragon burlesque scene like coming out of theater was a entry level like was was super easy unlike you know theater and trying to you're like jesus christ you know you can just put up a show and it was a really beautiful thing it's like it made money right off the bat not a lot or anything like that but it was you know but it's like i that's what i love about the idea you know especially coming out of the art grant world where which is you know seems to perpetually be operating at a deficit you know most arts and you know dependent on getting money out of other people it's just a very interesting at that point you know i'd been writing grants trying to do the theater company thing and then just being able to like immediately do a show and have it make money and it was beer and it, and it was only because we moved out of a theater and into a bar you know and then then there's the dirty word versus you know of entertainment mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it's just like why can't entertainers be artists as well absolutely absolutely we're all the same you know it's all it's all the same kind of thing. We're, we're evoking an emotion of some sort from the audience or evoking something from the audience. That's what it is. Well, I agree with that. <laughs> we're on the same page. Um, yes, exactly. But speaking of like defining words, that's actually brings me to a question I like to ask is, uh, you know, when you meet people, I mean, granted, maybe, you know, you don't meet a lot of people who don't know burlesque anymore. But if you meet someone who either doesn't know what burlesque is or who, you know, maybe has a wrong idea of what burlesque is, thanks to a certain movie out there, <laughs> whatever, mm. um, how do you you define burlesque for people kind of like in a short way that doesn't involve you know because for me I could go on I could wax poetic for like 20 minutes right. but most people don't want to hear that so what is um what's a way that you kind of succinctly define burlesque for people well when uh if somebody actually doesn't know what it is <laughs> yeah <laughs> or have an idea in their head I try you know I, I'd say old-timey stripping think showgirls in Vegas that's what I say and they go and they get confused and then they look at me 
And they're like, okay. And then they, we just move on. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I mean, n- not the most eloquent of answers. Yeah, but no, I mean, it makes sense. That's That tends to be what kind of I go to as well oftentimes is that either, you know, Vegas showgirl or like even the Moulin Rouge kind of showgirl kind of a thing. But I mean, that doesn't, you know, but I always struggle because it doesn't really account for all the, you know, all the difference, different styles and everything. You know, I, I usually like, I don't know, sometimes I touch on like, you know, the fact that there's classic and there's neo and all of that. But again, it's so hard because they don't really want to hear all that. They want it in a like a nutshell. And it's hard to put burlesque in a nutshell. It is. It is hard. But there we have it. You know, it's Vegas showgirls and old timey stripping. Absolutely. I like it. I like it. (laughs) PG stripping, not like on the pole. Right, right, right. Which is a whole nother. I took my very first pole class the other day. It is not easy. (laughs) No, it is not. It hurts. It It hurts. hurts. I ju- I've been taking Lyra for a little while, the suspended aerial hoop. Um, and that is even, well, I don't know if it's harder. It's hard in a different way. But I have been, I got more bruises from that than I have yet. Oh, yeah. Hole, but but we'll you'll see. stop bruising after a while. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully. Because I am very no, black does. and blue. Okay. That's good to hear. <laughs> yeah. I was in circus Ooh, for awesome. a long time. Tell me about that. Well, I had a friend of mine uh, that I met here. We did a couple, we did a film together. I helped, whatever. She met her. She's a clown, literally a clown. That's so cool. And from Ringling Brothers. Mm -hmm. And she went out to San Francisco to work for a thing called Make a Circus and then called me out there to go work for her. So it's like, then I did, you know, a summer of touring with the circus. Nice. Clowning. And then I got back here and an aerial studio opened up and I ended up with them. And so it's like done lira and web and it's just interesting it's like if i would have found out about circus when i was 14 it would have been a whole different thing that is so cool now do you incorporate that into your burlesque at all or do you oh kinda... god no no uh-uh. no girl uh-huh. that shit would kill me now really oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah it's terrible for you it's fucking horrible ruin my shoulders and oh, oh no. it's bad okay <laughs> but no. well no i mean i'm not gonna do it if i mean if i can't do it well and there are people that actually do it well gotcha yeah that makes so, sense so <laughs> i'm a physical actor not necessarily you know an up in the air oh <laughs> the circus teacher at the san francisco circus school he <laughs> he's like you know monkey you panda <laughs> And I'm like, you're fucking hilarious. Oh, my God. That's the best thing I've ever heard. (laughs) You know, monkey. (laughs) That's the story of my life. I am not a monkey. I try to be a monkey. I'm not a monkey. I'm a panda. I know. He just was like, you need to stop. (laughs) He's like, what are you doing? He's like, you are a base. Quit trying to get your big ass up in the air. Oh, my God. That (laughs) is... I love that. (laughs) But you know, one of the things, because it's like I taught for a while, I taught aerial stuff for a while. And what I loved about it and what I still love about it, or at least this is the way I look, I'm like, if you can get your ass up there, fucking awesome. You're better than 90% of the people in the world. You know, and it's like, I don't care how big you are or what you can do. The fact that you're up there Mm -hmm. is an amazing thing. Yeah confidence courage and strength yeah and it's you know and I I like that you know I mean when we think about like monkeys versus pandas I mean because we do like you know there is an element of playing to our strengths like me I'm I'm enjoying doing the lira um and I'm, I think I'm getting you know incrementally better at it and everything I don't see myself probably ever being a monkey like I'm never gonna be a lira performer because <laughs> that's right you know, probably I you know things can change maybe but I I prefer it also to play to my strengths if my strengths are being a panda then hey I'll be a panda and I'll be a damn exactly. good panda too <laughs> exactly Exactly. You know, it's like, okay, I don't have to do everything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I can get good at certain stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, but yeah, it's, it's a beautiful thing, though. Absolutely. Circus, and I like the way circus and burlesque and drag and all these cabaret arts are coming together. Yeah. And yes. it's a beautiful thing. Yes. Oh, it's so, it's so good. <laughs> so your style is more comedic when you perform? Uh, yeah. Generally? Yeah, I yeah. would say so. I mean, I'm very, I'm character based. Okay. I'm a character-based performer, so it's like everything is about, you know, presenting Foxy Tan in a certain light. And But yes, I mean, I do tend to go for comedy or faux seriousness. Yeah, you know, it's, yeah. like, it's like the idea of drag. Yes, yes. The idea of over-the-top fabulousness. That's what, to, that's what I look for in performance oh, that's beautiful. of burlesque. Very cool. How is your, like, your act development process? I mean, do you have, actually, first let me ask, um, do you have, like, you've been around for a while, do you still come up with new acts or do you have your kind of tried and true and the occasional new bit? 
Yes. Okay. Good. To all good. Of that. Good. Good. Um, good. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was really lucky because it's like I'd been I'd been performing as Foxy Tan for like maybe like almost 10 years prior to entering burlesque oh wow okay so i started off in the drag bars Mm -hmm. and so i was like i mean what they they, what they call a bio queen now (laughs) do they i've never heard that one oh i like it oh yeah bio queen and it's like i mean we called ourselves female female and that's what i've heard yeah that's the one yeah that's so that's what we started off as and so i came to burlesque with probably well I came to burlesque with like six group acts already costumed and ready to go, you know, and like at least 10 acts deep that all I had to do was like take off the rest of my clothes. So I was really lucky. I mean, I've got a deep rotation of like, I can pull out stuff that's old to me, but nobody's seen it in five years. So I, they become new again. Cool. <laughs> the old becomes new again. Things come but back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm in the process right now of putting together a new well hopefully two new acts that's my my goal but it's you know we'll see how fast that happens yeah what is your process for that do you have a typical i mean do you usually start with music do you start with a character like how does that usually start with music music yeah usually because i already have the character Mm -hmm. so it's like i find music that inspires me that i'm like oh i can do something with this you know and figure out an arc and then it's like then you start costuming but it could also go from costuming you know, because I build all my own stuff. Cool. Ugh. And I'm like, I'll, uh, you know, and I'll get a wild hair up my ass and I want to build this. And this <laughs> is what I want to do right now. And this is, you know, and I have this idea. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I need a fucking act to go with this. <laughs> yeah, you can't have just a costume. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm, I've am i got like a huge roll of fabric that I like look at on a daily basis. And I'm like, what am I going to turn that into? <laughs> oh, that's exciting. I'm only it recently is, getting but... into costuming. I've never been like, you know, I mean, from when I was a kid, like if I if we got a hole in our jeans, we just threw them away <laughs> Or like something like that. Oh. Like we never like fixed stuff. Oh, see, my mom made all our clothes. That's so awesome. I, yeah. Like when I was little. I mean, they were such hippies. I yeah. mean, we did the whole arts and crafts fair circuit for real. Yeah. I mean, I grew up in the in literally in a VW bus. Wow. Look at you. That's awesome. I know. It's, they're fucking crazy people. <laughs> I love but, it though. You know, well, so yeah, I learned to sew really early. I mean, and sewing was always something that I was going to end up doing because it's like, you know, when I was in college, I mean, obviously I was majoring in acting, but, you know, they make you do something in the tech department and I ended up in the costume department. And so that was always something that I was going to do, like in terms of, I mean, that's basically how I make the rest of my living is stitching things. Yeah. You mentioned upholstery and all that and curtains. Oh, yeah, yeah. Big, huge drops, drapes, make huge drapes, that kind of shit. So stitching is the thing I can actually, you know, that's how I save money. I can't believe how much some people pay for it. But well, I do believe it because I do it for other people. But it's crazy. I can't afford five, six thousand dollars. That's a car. That's a lot of money. (laughs) That's a lot of money. Well, and you know, and it's a bummer that it's a bummer about like how important costuming is. It really bothers me that, that it's more important than actual performance. Like a perfect example yes. was, um, I don't, was it, I mean, it's either two or three years ago, but there was this chicken debut at Beehoff and she did her all act backwards. Oh, cool. Like her, her music was backwards. I heard you know, about the whole, that. the whole strip yeah. was backwards. Right. And she kicked the shit out of it it was so like no people they leapt to their feet right the audience loved it and she didn't win because her costume wasn't good enough really and it was and it was the best thing that was on the stage Mm -hmm. that year yeah you know and i'm like oh that's such a pity it is a pity you know and then it's like the other thing is is like then people look at behoff right and then we are watching people's acts change you know, like out in the real world because everybody's trying to put an act together to get into Behoff, so they're doing what they think Behoff wants. You know, we're watching homogenization. Homogenization. Yes, yes, exactly. You know, and the organization, I mean, I under, you know, the organization could do so much to combat that, but they don't. Yeah, you know? and, and I mean, not that anybody has asked them to. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's like so many opportunities have been lost that they could, you know, they could promote like a completely different kind of performance, mm-hmm. uh, performance, um, not genre, uh, values, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have to be rich. You know, it's like you can be a really good actor and still be poor. Yeah. But but with that, oh, no, nope, you got to shell out five or six thousand dollars before we're going to consider you Oof. any good. Fuck, it pisses me off. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> 
what would you like to see done differently? Just kind of making a different vision statement kind of or including a different performance night or what do you think? Oh, they could be doing so much more to support burlesque as a whole. You know what I mean? It's like, why why do they let the queen dangle out there like that? Why is she not on tour? Mm. Why are they not subsidizing that while they have this woman, you know, help the festivals bring her? Do you know what I mean? And so she gets to go and be the ambassador of burlesque. Why don't they have a semi truck full of all of the fancy, co- you know, fancy costumes and tour that bitch around the country mm-hmm. where people actually want to see it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They could make a shit ton of money doing that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And every single community that it rolled into, the burlesque community would be there to help them, you know, and it's just like they could engender an entire like an actual community as opposed to, you know, being hideously divisive mm, that's interesting i hadn't really thought I don't about know. I mean, those that's terms like, yeah well they they're the ones that can do it you know they're the ones that can promote I mean you know we, minneapolis can't do it on its own yeah you know BurleyCon, they're trying mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know why aren't they ta- you know they all should be working together well at least we're gonna see a building finally yeah <laughs> I'm going to take a quick break from Foxy's interview to remind you, my favorite listeners here on Burlesque Stripped Down, that Audible is our sponsor today. And they are giving you, my lovely listeners, <laughs> just for you, you get a free audiobook download. You can get a free 30-day trial to explore it and, and just kind of check out what they have to offer if you never have before. Personally, I am a huge Carrie Fisher fan. Um, I think she was an amazing, amazing human being. And so I actually downloaded and I'm listening to her uh, Postcards from the Edge, which was her first book. And I just started it and she um, is actually narrating herself. So that's been really nice because of course I was really heartbroken when she passed away last year and so it's been really great to just hear these words. It's not really a biography. It's not really a story about her life specifically but it's kind of inspired by things that have happened that happened to her in her life. So that's been really amazing to me. So that's just one example. They've got a million other things. I have so many things downloaded. I actually, actually also have an audiobook downloaded in French um, which is real difficult because my French is not so good and they talk real fast but I can actually slow it down and I can listen to it that way. So it's been great for helping me practice my language skills as well. So definitely check it out if you have not already. You can go to audibletrial.com slash burlesque strip down and you can get your free audiobook and that 30-day free trial just so you can see what it's like. You know, just see if you like it, um, listening to it while you're driving, all that good stuff. Again, it's audibletrial.com slash burlesque strip down and you can also get redirected there if you forget what it is. It's burlesquestripdown.com slash audible. You can get your free audiobook and 30-day trial. Now let's go get back to Foxy. It, yeah, it is a pity that, you know, that's one thing I've noticed in, in some of the industry. Not everybody, and certainly there's great, you know, but there there does tend to be kind of a divide in, in, in a lot of, between a lot of organizations and things like that. And it's, and it's a pity because, you know, we're all working for the same goals. And if we could all just like work together um, to make those happen, it would be great. But Well, I just wish Burlesque would remember that more is more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, there doesn't need to be one troop. Yep. You know, if there's eight, that's better. Yeah. I mean, it's better for everybody. Better People for keep everyone. bitching about saturation and it's not true. Nobody right. ever says that about music. Right. Right. Yeah. You look at how many, yeah, how many musicians are out there. Yeah. Right. Yep. More is more. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Like, it know, reminds me just, of, you know, we had Tayomi Morgan on the show uh, during my season of sex that we had um, for a while there. And she is actually a sex educator. Um, and uh-huh. I saw her speak at Sex Down South. And like her big thing is just like there's no competition in this field. And she was specifically talking about, you know, sex education and sex positivity and things like that but I think the same runs true in burlesque and and granted these these worlds collide as well they they overlap but there's no competition you know people create these false sense of competition and certainly there's some healthy competition maybe if you're vying for one spot or if you're vying for a crown or this or that which is healthy competition but just in the industry as a whole there's no competition we all need to support each other and more is more I love that yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. It, it is so true. It's it's very interesting to me because, you know, theaters don't open, you know, and then proceed to try to like ruin the other theater right. down the street. Right. It's very interesting to me. I mean, there is a lot of, uh, well, and I think a lot of it comes from uh, it's people's social lives. Mm. You know what I mean? Like burlesque is a lot of people's social life. Mm, that's interesting. That's a good point. Yeah, it's a good point. It's all their best friends. It's what they do together. It's like they're a bowling team. <laughs> you know? Well, yeah. no, and I and I it's like, like that. And, yeah. I, I, and that sounds derogatory, and I don't mean it that no, way. No, no. But it's but... the kind of relationship. Yeah. You know? And then, but then you've got the, the, it's this is also a show and it's also a business. And then, you know, and you've got people that are p- taking things personally. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, there are some people, like you said, especially when they're social lives, they're going to create drama no matter what. And it's just a pity. It's a pity that that has to overlap into, you know, uh, because it is, like you said, it's a business and it's a show. And if people viewed it more like that, maybe it would, there would be less of that. I don't know. Possibly. I I don't don't know. know. Who knows? But, you know, it's a super personal thing that's happening out there. You know, it is. To, most, to a lot of people. Yeah. It's a very personal thing. Yeah, it's so. hard to separate. It's, it's different when I can, you know, if I'm in theater and I'm reading somebody else's work. It's still, you still get vulnerable. You still get personal. But I feel it's different when you have your act that you've created and that, you know, is you are literally stripping yourself bare on stage or close to yes. bare or whatever, <laughs> whatever you choose to do. And there's, there's definitely, that's a good point. There's definitely a different personal element than there is in maybe just, well, music. I mean, there's some, but I don't know. It just it seems more intense for a lot of people. Well, yeah. And you're naked. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So and then, you know, then there's that, that whole business. Yeah. But. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's so much to get into. I would love to hear a little more like about you particularly, though, because, you know, we all have uh, the whole point of the show is to kind of, again, strip bear and be naked and all of that kind of stuff. So I'd love to hear what is your current like your biggest mindset struggle, because we all have these struggles. You know, we some of some things are strength and then some things that we that we struggle with and those can change over time. So what are you dealing with right now when it comes to mindset or um, internal struggles, basically? Um, I am trying to create it's like the the hardest thing for me in burlesque is the quote unquote the the be sexy hot lady thing do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. it's like and it's so funny that it's like i'm in burlesque and that's the thing that i don't you know i'm not a girly girl you know what i mean i don't have i don't have that skill set and so it's trying to acquire the look of <laughs> the <laughs> gestures and do you know what I mean? But then it's like actually moving your head into the mindset of being the pretty girl. Does that make sense? Yeah. Is it something that y- you feel like pressured to do because that's what everybody wants or is it just more? No, like I th- feel like it's a skill. Mm, interesting. That I don't have that I really should. Huh. I really, it's a skill. Yeah. I honestly believe it's a skill, you know, and a lot of it, it's about, it's, well, it's a, it's a skill, but you, the person has to have realized that it is a legitimate weapon. Does that make sense? Mm. It's like, I look at, I look at it in the same way. Like, um, a, a lot of men will use, uh, size to intimidate each other. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? You've yeah. seen a guy like puff, they, they puff up on definitely, each other and yeah. like guy will loom over somebody. I'm like, ew. But <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's like, <laughs> You know, but that's their, like, that's what they do. And I feel like women, like, that, it, that's our natural weapon. Huh. Does that make sense? Yeah, I never thought about it that way before. That's really. And I never learned how to use it. Yeah, because I'm the same. I have not. I mean, I like girly things, but I've never been like, I never, you know, I don't know if this falls into what you're talking about, but like, I don't like, you know, like try to get free drinks at a bar for example from a guy you know like I've never like I would never I wouldn't know how me either exactly so that's really interesting to think of it as like a skill to develop instead of something that's just like you know because some people do just have it just like any skill they have it innately in them already and they don't have to develop it but maybe some of I mean not that we have to develop it but if we want to we it's something that's developable developable I think it is Huh. I do. I honestly think it is. I mean, it might be a controversial versial way to look at, but Maybe. that's the way I I mean, she's like, watch this. And she sat down and literally like drinks arrived. She just like that's, looked around what? a little bit and then like drinks arrived. I was like, fuck <laughs> you. How do you do yeah, that? For real. Like, that's not even in my realm of like, like possibility for me. I no, just don't and, even think and about Exactly. That. That's the way I feel. But now I also believe that it's like half of it is mindset. Interesting. So is there something particular that you're doing to kind of um, develop that or to, to nurture that mindset? I, I think I'm going to. Well, no, not yet. I mean, I'm trying to work on the physicality of it, if that makes any sense. And it's like being really conscious of of movement, of choreography, of, you know, and working from the outside in. This time, because I usually work from the inside out. Do you know what I mean? Like I allow the, I allow what's going on inside to dictate, to dictate what's going to, what's going to happen physically and where it's going to go. But I think this one has to go the other way around. Ooh, yeah. So it's interesting. I mean, it's a different way of looking at it, 
But it's also something that I think because in a way, like what I was talking about, it's a really external thing. It's all about looks. It's all about how you carry yourself, you hold yourself and what the other person thinks you expect from them. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. No, I'm really resonating a lot with what you're saying because I, 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 I feel that the same. You know, when in my movement, it generally is just like kind of yeah inside out instead of outside in is that what you said yeah like, well i'm gonna work yeah. this time i'm gonna work the on way. the outside in right exactly and okay yeah pile <laughs> it all on and then see what yeah. happens you know because it works for some people you know <laughs> yeah yeah no i'd really love to i'd love to you know i'm gonna i'm gonna percolate on that because like that's a really interesting concept that i hadn't thought about in those terms before i'd love to hear for everybody listening too if you have any thoughts on this this is something that really intrigues me and really i'm interested in this so definitely you know and email email us and like let's talk about it absolutely and and i'd love to hear how your journey you know foxy how your journey kind of develops with that too because that's something that i may i may shift my mindset on that too and, and try to look at it more as a skill to develop instead of something that i just what a bummer i don't have you yeah know? well it, it has to be that way mm-hmm. do you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's like it has to be a skill it, it means some people are born with it yes of course just like any skill right well yeah. mm-hmm. just like any skill or any um they have aptitude Yes, yes, good word. Yeah. There we absolutely. go. You know, and it's whether they choose to develop it or not. And it's the, it's the people that have, I mean, and there are guys that do it too. Pretty people. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, and so I think, but I, st- I think there are pretty people out there that aren't pretty. Mm-hmm. So it's a skill. Definitely, definitely. You know. And just like with any skill, we can add our own unique, you know, our, our unique skills and, and kind of piggyback them on, you know, because there's not just one way to be a, you know, a, a pretty girl or to get drinks at a bar. We can exactly. do that in, you know, in our unique ways too. Interesting. I really like that. I really yeah. like that. Oh, uh, I mean, I know. It's like, and I teach a class in it. It's like fabulous is a state of mind. Yes. Oh, I love that. It's the truth though. Yeah. It really is. It really is. And once people realize that, you know, and then it ties into a whole thing about fake it till you make it. Yes. I mean, there's like a bunch of TED Talks out there and scientific, you know, the whole power stances and Mm -hmm. all this shit that like tied, you know, of mentality tied to physicality, which actually then can manifest it. You know, it's like, it's crazy. Yeah. I've talked a lot. One of my favorite things to to unwrap and and to to talk about is the imposter syndrome and all of that. And that idea of kind of, you know, doing an element of faking it till you make it, you know. Yep. I don't know. I never see it's really interesting. And I mean, this is going to sound supremely cocky, but it's like I never (laughs) felt. Well, no, I don't feel like an imposter. Do you know what I mean? Like the whole time I was trying to make it in theater. It's like they were the stupid ones. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I was like, you people just don't know what to do with me. Mm, That's the way I always felt. Yeah. Because I mean, I've been validated from the beginning. Like I've always been told, you know, like, you know, that I've been told that I was good. I was good at it. And I had no reason to disbelieve them. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But you know what I mean? And so it's like, I, I will always believe that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm good at what I do. And it's whether other people want to see it or not. And I think other people should think that way, too. <laughs> they'd yeah, be, yeah. That's... They'd be a lot better off in life. Yeah, I know for me, I definitely identify with that because I had a lot of, th- you know, like as I was growing up again, not to sound cocky either, but like I had things that I was very good at. I was like very smart, right? Mm-hmm. So I had that. I did well in school. Like that was a thing. I also did a lot of acting in theater. So for me, it's like when it's something that I know I'm good at or that I'm good at right away, I don't really feel the imposter syndrome. You know, I'm confident. Right. I feel like you do. I'm like, they're idiots. They don't see how awesome I am. Like exactly. what's wrong with them? But, but I when feel it comes- like an imposter trying to be sexy. Yeah, when it comes to something that I'm not good at right away or something that's outside of that comfort zone that I haven't been validated a million times for, even starting my businesses, even getting this, you know, this podcast out there. Mm -hmm. There are times, you know, hashtag vulnerability, like there are times when I feel like, well, who wants to listen to my, my, you know, who who am I? (laughs) Like, who who am I I to do this? You know, because it's outside of that, you know, that, that distinct realm of possibility. So it's, yeah, I think it's so fascinating. And just to hear... You know, to hear different people who experience it and how it really is, I, I think it's present for most of us, just manifest in different ways and in different situations, mm-hmm. right? And some of us don't feel it as much if we, you know, have learned to deal with it or if we surround ourselves in situations where, you know, we have that confidence right. already. So, interesting. It's, it, I find it interesting that I, I still can't, first of all, I still can't believe I'm getting naked in front of people. <laughs> like, I, I am flabbergasted. Yeah. <laughs> that that is happening. 
No, seriously. <laughs> I really, I have like, because, you know, the stripping thing was never something I wanted to do or, or uh, no, I, that's a lie. I wanted to do it, but I didn't think I could. Mm. If that makes any, I didn't feel like I had the body to be able to go be a stripper. Yeah. Because yeah. we're, we're shown one very specific thing in, mm-hmm. in media, you know. Yeah. Yep. And I wanted to do that, but I was like, oh, well, I guess I don't get to. <laughs> and now here I am. Yeah. Did you did that <laughs> did that feeling manifest itself um, when you started performing, or was it really kind of gone by then, thanks to all the drag and and body positivity that you may have gotten there? Well, I mean, getting butt naked on stage. I mean, I had to leave town. I had to go to California mm. to strip for the first time to actually strip. And then the first time I did, I was like, oh, oh, this is not such a big deal. That's cool. What what was it that really like just. I mean, did you have a moment where you're like, no, I can't do this? I mean, in that moment where before you went on stage, you know, were you sure that it was a good thing for you or? Oh, I had to, though. You had to. I mean, if I was going to continue in burlesque, you know, for I mean, I had to solo. I mean, it was one. Yeah, we took our tops off for, you know, group numbers. But most like most of the stuff that we did, you know, like as you know, with Fox Tan and the Wham Bam, thank you, ma'ams, didn't strip. And we thought that was really funny <laughs> <laughs> that we were doing a burlesque show and not stripping. Not stripping. <laughs> all, all they all they would get is like bra at the end. That's it. <laughs> but doing a solo, I mean, and it was different. You know, I was really confident. I mean, we had choreography. I had two girls with me that were super cute. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, but going out and doing a solo was a completely different thing. It was interesting. And then I did it, and I'm like, oh please, right? This is stupid. What was the problem? Right. Let's get going now. And then I never looked back. Yeah, yeah. So was it kind of, and I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but was it kind of like that, like you were, you know, doubting it, not doubting, but you were afraid, but you were like, you knew you had to do it anyway? Mm-hmm. Most definitely. Well, if I was going to continue, I was like, you want to do this or not? Yeah, yeah. So you better go do it. And then it was like, I mean, and that was all my head. Yeah. You know, once I decided I was fine with being naked on stage, then everybody else was too. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Like, as long as I'm fine with it and than the audience usually is as well. Well, it's like you said, Fab. I mean, that kind of fabulousness is a state of mind, that confidence. And even if you don't have it, you can act like you do. Yep. And then eventually it'll, you know, it's faking it till you make it and fake it till you start to feel it, you know, which mm-hmm. works in a lot of situations. So It's true. Sweet. Oh, I cannot believe we have been talking for like almost an hour. Oh, <laughs> this is so good. Oh my God, we totally have. That's Isn't awesome. that crazy? It's I could I could feel like I could talk to you forever. But I would like to move on to my last two sections, which I really, really love. Um, the first one is called Pick Your Poison. And so okay. this one I always like to do a little bit of superficial, just kind of get to know you as just like a, a silly human being. So there's um there's actually 10 different questions, but I'm only gonna ask you to pick one of them. So you can pick any number, one through ten. It's just gonna be a random question. Seven. Seven. Oh, good. What did you care about most when you were 10 years old? Gymnastics. Oh, cool. How long did you do? How long were you a gymnast for? Until I was 14. Yeah. Nash, I was national level competition gymnast Damn. at that point. But, you know, it was different. You know, it's not like it is today. I mean, these kids today, like I would have, they would have, I would have washed out by, by 10. Yeah, well, it's like a career now. You got to like. Oh, my God. It was crazy. I was like, you know, I'm from the Nadia Comaneci days. Do you know what I mean? And people were amazed that she was doing a cartwheel on the beam. (laughs) You know. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But yeah, for sure, it would have been gymnastics. That's cool. I was obsessed. Which um, was your favorite? Like which apparatus or or floor? Vault. Vault. Wow, scary. Vault scared me. I'm a little fire plug, you know? Panda, not monkey. That's true. I actually, at the time, well, I did it for a you know, brief. I never competed or anything, but I did. I loved the uneven bars. Even oh though my I wasn't God, very that was good. my worst event. But I just like twirling. I thought it was so much fun. <laughs> but then the I became more panda bar. Panda bear. Panda bar. Yep. I became more panda bear as I grew up. But <laughs> Yeah, it happens. Well, basically, that's what ended my gymnastics career was puberty. Oh, damn puberty. I got ass Ruins and I couldn't everything. do handstands anymore. <laughs> but you could do a lot of other fun things. <laughs> yep, it's true. All right. And then our last section is called This or That. Okay. So this is our quick fire round. And basically okay. I have, um, I'm just going to shoot at you two choices and you pick whichever one you like best. Got it. And you interpret these all in any way that you choose. All righty. Okay. You ready? Yep. All right. Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts? Starbucks. City or country? City. Movies or TV shows? Ooh. Mm. 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 
TV shows. They've gotten so good lately, you know? I know. Only the good ones. There's so much bad shit out there, though. It makes That's me want to, like, stab my eye out with a fork. <laughs> Don't yeah, do that, Yeah, it's just so bad. <laughs> yeah, it's true. But there is so Ugh. much good. I mean, TV has true. gotten so much better over the last decade or so. I, mean, I it's agree. It's unbelievable. But, all right. How about Dita Von Teese or Dirty Martini? Dirty Martini. <laughs> what about a Dirty Martini or a pint of beer? A Dirty Martini or a bunch of them. A bunch of dirty martini. Yeah, who wants just one? That's silly. What am I talking about? <laughs> How about day or night? Night. Harry Potter or Star Wars? Oh, Harry Potter. All right. All right. I knew we couldn't be alike in everything. I'm a Trekkie. <laughs> oh, me too, though. That's So true. I'm a yeah. Trek. If you would have said Star Trek or Harry Potter, I would have said Star Trek. But Star Wars is lame. All right. Well, I don't quite agree with that. But I yeah. am a Trekkie as well. Which series is your favorite? Oh, I really like TNG, but that's because I'm a huge Patrick Stewart fan yes. from the RSC days. Yes. You know, oh like I God. almost peed myself when I saw he was going to be playing Jean-Luc Picard. And I'm like, oh, my God. It was so perfect. I just I oh. love that. I love that series. Me too. I'm a TNG. I used to, you know, I mean, I grew up watching it. And oh, it's so I good. can't yeah. wait for the new one. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I felt so about the new excited. Star Wars movies. I'm like cautiously excited because, you know, Star Wars burned me once before, but they made up for it with the new movies. Ugh, <laughs> so, but all right, that's all right. We don't have to agree on okay, everything. There we go. <laughs> all right, let's move on. Um, yep. How about top or bottom? Bottom. All right, mountains or ocean? Ocean. Classic or neo burlesque? Neo. Peanut butter or jelly? Peanut butter. Mm. Comedy or tragedy? Comedy. How about Marvel or DC? <laughs> Marvel? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Although I did enjoy the new Wonder Woman movie. It was... Oh, it was, oh you, no, no, you didn't. I have some you issues with it. I, yes, I wrote about it and it I was, got... The first 10 minutes was awesome. <laughs> yeah. And then the man showed up. Ah, uh, yes. Okay, thank you. I mean, and I, I don't care if he's the cute one. It's true. We like him. He's adorable. He's a good actor. I got so much shit on my Facebook page because I posted an article um, that said why I why I was not empowered by Wonder Woman, oh, and good everybody for you. gave me shit for it. And I was just Fuck like, off. okay, if they didn't but watch. If they weren't angry by the end of the movie, I'm like, what were you watching? I agree. I, I will say. I mean, I enjoyed it in like on one level, and I do acknowledge some of the good that it has done. I mean, I saw a little girl as I was leaving the theater, and she was super into it. And I was like, okay, I guess it's a step in the right direction. But well, we she's have super so into much being a superhero that needs to ask a man permission. <sighs> <laughs> we have a lot more work to do and what killed, I know we do well I don't want to spoil mad. it for anybody else who's anybody who's listening but there was a line at the end about love that I just ruined I literally burst out laughing I was the like watch Fifth <laughs> Element much that's <sighs> yes, what I felt I felt like I was watching like a you know a DC version of the Fifth Element yeah yeah, I agree. Blech. Where it's like a strong female character, but not really because it's still through a male lens and through a male perspective. And exactly. And female, female director. Mm-hmm. I was like, girl, I understand that you got to get paid, but right. for fuck's sake. Right. But it was written really? by a man. You could tell it was, it was written by a man. You know, oh, I mean, great if we have a director, but there's only so much she can do because A, she's got to get paid and B, she's got to, you know, and and, mm-hmm. and and see a lot of women. I mean, we we are raised with this patriarchal view. So a lot of women don't see what's wrong with it. You know, again, like I said, I was a lot of people gave me shit on, on my yeah. Facebook because of it, because a lot of people that I think of as feminists in my life. And if they're listening, they're probably gonna get mad at me. And I still love you as human beings. Don't worry. But like they think of themselves as feminists and they didn't see a problem with this movie. And that's unbelievable. Me. So I'm like, how could you not see that? Yeah. So when <laughs> I wrap back to like I did enjoy it just as a piece of although no I kind of got bored but whatever but overall it wasn't a horrible movie but those like and I also see that we have a ways to go and there were a lot of issues with it so right but Robin Wright kicked some ass didn't she that is true she's badass she's so good (laughs) Okay, anyway, not so much quick fire when I get started talking about geeky stuff and feminism. I Yay. know, well, and I went down the rabbit hole with you, dear. But I feel, yeah, I feel, I actually was talking with, um, oh God, who was it? I think it was Dr. Liz, who is also a sex educator that came on for the season of sex. And we were talking about how we really should just have an entire podcast talking about feminism in pop culture. Because oh, yeah. that needs to happen. I agree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I do. I agree with that. I think it should happen. I think it'd be I think it'd be really interesting to get into, but we'll see if I end up ever have any time to start a new podcast because it's a lot of, a lot of work. <laughs> it is, I bet. All right. Anyway, I've got two more of this or that. How about heels or bare feet? Ooh, bare feet. Mm. And lastly, the ever important sleep or sex. I know. Sleep. Sleep. 
I noticed you whispered that. I did. <laughs> sleep is so nice. It's so nice. I do enjoy sex, but sleep is also a great oh, thing. Oh, I get excited about it. I'm like, I get really excited to go to sleep sometimes. <laughs> I'm like, ooh. <laughs> I know. It is very good. I enjoy oh, it. Oh, but well. my husband hates me because it's like he has problems falling asleep, and oh. I literally like I'm like a light switch. Oh, you're out. I wow. decide. I decide. I'm. I'm like. I'm going to sleep. <laughs> oh yeah, that would drive me and crazy. I'm out. He gets mad. Oh. <laughs> Are you the type that can sleep anywhere? Also. Yes, uh. and that makes him angry too. It's like we literally we were on our way to Vegas one year, and there was an accident, and so the road was blocked for eight hours oh, overnight. Oh shit! Jesus. And I literally just. I pulled my pillow out of the back seat and put a little blanket on the ground and I went to sleep and he was like, I hate you. Oh, I'm so I can't so believe you that. went to bed. Oh, I'm <laughs> like, so jealous. It's a talent. Mm, you are so lucky. See, we all have our talents. It's true. <laughs> All right. Well, as we wrap up, I'd love to hear, um, you know, of course, audio podcasts are great, but the visual aspect is really fun as well. Do you have any YouTube videos that you'd like to share, whether they're, you know, ones of you, of acts that you really love or other ones that you can't get enough of right now? Well, I've got a bunch of acts out there that you could put. What what do I want? What was I? I don't know. I've been like, I don't. It's really interesting. I don't watch a lot of YouTube stuff. Mm hmm. You know, I don't, I don't tend not to like Google people's performances unless I absolutely have to. Yeah. Because I, I personally, I don't think video is really representative I agree. of a live performance. Yeah, you know? it's so it's much like, different in person. It mm-hmm. really is. And so it's like, I feel like I haven't seen somebody until I've actually seen them in person. Mm-hmm. I agree with so, that. So, but what am I into right now? I'm like, who do I really like? It's like. There's been some crazy drag acts that I've been watching, like not like old school, like, you know, way old, you know, you know, drag queens coming out of the ceiling and dropping into splits and shit like that. Jeez, that's amazing. Yeah, I know. I so wish I had the death drop, but I just can't do it. Yeah, I I, I imagine it's not easy. (laughs) (laughs) I can imagine. So that's the best I can answer that one. That's, I'm no, sorry. that's great. No, that's great. If you you know if you, if you have a second and you want to email me a couple anything. Oh, totally. That way, for anybody listening, if you want to see some of the stuff she's talking about, you can head over to the show notes page for this episode, which will be at burlesquestripteddown.com/slash foxy f o x y, and you'll be able to get all the links for some of the stuff that we've chatted about, um, as well as I'll go ahead and I'll embed some of those videos. Maybe we can find a good one of you performing. Maybe one of your favorites, Foxy. Oh yeah, like and you that. can just go to foxytan.net so it's f-o-x-y-t-a-n-n.net and you'll be able to see videos and biographies and pictures and all things foxy tan fabulous yeah i was just gonna ask about that too is and do you do social media (laughs) are you on the media is there a good place to get a hold of you but yeah it is actually it is a good place to get a hold of me you can you know it's like (laughs) it's easy to find me on facebook i also go under my my government name which is Heather Wilson. Well, I don't have any separation. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, for well, actually, Facebook forced me to not have any separation. Right. Yeah. Because they're yeah. assholes. So <laughs> I love Facebook, but they frustrate me a lot. So yeah, I have I have the same. I have my my Velvet Claire is like you know kind of like a nickname under my main profile name. And exactly. Then, because it's just yeah, it's easier that way. But it is. It's true. Well, for every, again, for everybody listening, I will put all those links if you, you know, if you forget how to spell or anything. I mean, it's a pretty easy Foxy Tan. It's a pretty easy name to spell. But if you forget anything, they're all the show notes will be, no, all the links will be in the show notes for this episode. So you'll be able to find everything right there um, along with everything we're talking about and some pictures and her bio and all that good stuff. And then when you're on YouTube, just so everybody knows, if you're interested, um, because I always ask, you know, if, if you listen to podcasts, definitely take some time not just to listen to this episode, but to subscribe to the show. And if you prefer to watch things or he- listen to things on YouTube, we actually have a YouTube channel as well. I don't really do much. I pretty much just put the audio of each of these episodes up there. But if that's your preferred way, of consumption of this kind of stuff, definitely you can subscribe to that channel and see um, all the new. There's not much to watch, but that you can at least listen to all these new episodes. So right on, that's yeah. awesome. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to be out there, you know, because I'm not a huge YouTube person, but I know that other people are. You know, they subscribe to things and they do that. So I'm around. I'm everywhere. Right on. <laughs> well, Foxy, it's been really amazing chatting with you today. I really it enjoyed getting amazing into all that. chatting with you as well. <laughs> so cool. Is there anything else that you wanted to kind of share with the world, with the burlesque stripped down audience before we sign off? 
Go see more shows. Yes, yes. See all the shows. Go see shows, not just watch people on YouTube. Yep. I agree. Per- in travel. person. Yes. Go see stuff. Yes. Speaking of traveling, I actually am planning a trip up to Wisconsin and Minneapolis later this oh, summer. Really? So I may have to be in touch with you to find out what shows are going on. You best. <laughs> Yay. Give a girl so, a call. Definitely. Definitely. And for anybody else who's in, I, I'm planning to go into you know Chicago and then up to, obviously, my home in Eau Claire and then over to Minneapolis. So I'd love to see some people. So it'd be awesome. We can make that happen. Sweet. All right. Well, thank you again so much for being on the show today. And we will chat again, hopefully sometime very soon. All right. You are welcome. And thank you for having me. And there you have it, my friends. Not too shabby, eh? (laughs) As you know, again, I feel like I say this all the time, but I think we could have talked for a very long time. And I am thinking that, man, if only I had more hours in the day that a show about feminism and these pop culture things would be a very interesting thing. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed uh, listening to our conversation as much as I enjoyed having it. Thank you again to Foxy for being on the show. And thank you to you all for listening. Definitely check out the show notes for this episode over at burlesquestripdown.com slash foxy f-o-x-y and if you have any comments if you'd like to you know chat about some of the things we talked about I, I was really really intrigued by what she was saying as far as you know the idea of it being a skill to have that femininity or that that quote quote pretty girl which I you know I don't love saying it that way but it's really interesting the way that she put it and so I'd love to kind of continue that conversation if you had any thoughts on that uh, you can do that right in the comment section over on that show notes page burlesquestripdown.com slash foxy or you can email Email me directly, velvet at burlesquestripdown.com. I can share it with Foxy and we can chat that way. Would love to hear any of your thoughts, my friends. Thank you so much again for listening. Don't forget you can support the show um, over on Patreon, burlesquestripdown.com slash support, or with your time, burlesquestripdown.com slash join the posse. Please share this episode away. Subscribe, rate, and review. Ooh, that's what I forgot to talk about in the beginning, right? Rating and reviewing. If you do use iTunes, um, any any sort of reviews that you can give there. First of all, they let me know that you're listening and that you love me. Or maybe you have some constructive criticism. That's okay, too. I like to hear it. But they also, those rating and reviews help us um, kind of get up a little higher in the search ranking. So if anybody's searching for burlesque, I would love it if they saw our podcast first. So you can definitely help out by doing those things. Tune in over the next few weeks. We have more interviews coming at you. If you are interested in being on the show or you know anyone who is, send me an email. I am looking to record a whole bunch of episodes. This is 2017. If you're listening in the future, sorry, you missed out. <laughs> um, but if you are listening to this, you know, kind of in the present for me, um, definitely send me an email. I would love to talk to as many people as we can. I hope you are having a fantastic summer and make sure, as always, that you stay sexy. Yeah. <laughs>